Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, as we said in our last episode, we are back with a brand new season. This is season three. And to kick off, we have started a new series called The Unstuck Spiritual Life. And last week, we really got into talking about how we all feel stuck at certain times, and it's okay, that's normal. Um, And we want to continue today talking about what God is doing when we feel stuck and why understanding the different stages of the journey can be so helpful. So Speaking of being stuck, sorry, did, did I cut in on you? No, go ahead, honey. It's all I'm right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to try to change that in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the other day about how, speaking of being stuck, like, do you realize that we started the podcast, you know, like you said, we're in season three. Do you feel stuck in our podcast? No, not at all. Oh, and, okay. and, if I, and if I did, or if I do, I, it's a happy stuck. Well, and you, you wouldn't know? be sharing it right now. I wouldn't now. be sharing yeah, right that's now. That's true. Would be incredibly awkward. <laughs> More awkward than the, it is right now. No, um, but isn't it weird that when we first started the podcast, it was right as COVID hit? Like It was? Root Like Faith has never known it a all, world without COVID. Oh, it feels isn't like... Isn't that strange? Yeah, you know, that so is So we're odd. in season three, and we started, yeah, like in March, I think was our first episode right right around that well, it's time it's not getting and, us and down so no we're, way we're gonna keep no going way. we are pressing on <laughs> and so anyways not that that has anything to do with today's well, content but i really. just i just it came to mind mind mm-hmm. and i wanted to share all right well <laughs> we talked about last week the spiritual life and how it's like this journey that we go on and then there's different seasons in our life where we can feel like dry well i kind of said it was could feel like a wasteland, wasteland. Yeah, which sounds so word. dramatic but it's true yeah but God, it's true it feels dry you feel and you feel out like and, God God, where kind of are blah. you? Yep. Right. Blah. Um, even if you're not to the extreme of saying, God, where are you? You definitely can feel blah and just kind of apathetic, I guess. And so, um, but that's normal. And I think, you know, I'm reminded of retreats that I've gone on in my life when it's like, yes, and you're on this spiritual <laughs> high. Um, and I then, feel that way every Sunday, you know, really. <laughs> Especially when I preach. I'm sure oh that's my. how people feel. <laughs> but, you know. But yeah, if, if only you could sort of live in that that space, right? Of right. Just sort of being, you know, in a place of joy and intimacy with God. And then you come back to reality, you know, Monday rolls around and it's like, oh, back to reality. And you're tired. You're tired. And yeah, you don't <laughs> have somebody cooking for you like they do on the retreat. It's so. like when we go on family trips. Yeah. Really? You know, we're all pumped up. I mean, think of all the, the work that goes into packing uh. for all all of us. Remember when we drove from, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast before, but this was way back. I mean, our kids were actually Noah. Sophia wasn't even born yet. Mm-hmm. So Tyler, Bella, and Noah. Noah was maybe one. So he's 15 now. That was a long um, time ago. So you're talking, you know, for, if my math is right, 14 years ago. <laughs> um, and we drove from Toledo, Ohio. We were living in Toledo at the time. And our friends uh, allowed us to use, they, they had a uh, kind of a condo or something out near Lake Dillon. And we drove mm, all the way from Toledo, so Ohio wonderful. to Colorado. And we, you know, that was before like... Not the drive. Not the, the drive. But, <laughs> but it was, I mean, remember we, that was like before you had like DVDs and mm-hmm. in cars. And so we bought, you know, Honey, the kids you're like making a little, us sound so old. We are just old. Just stop we it. We are old. Just embrace it. Um, <laughs> and so I just remember driving and like, yeah, that, that, I mean, we drove 10 hours. I think we drove to Omaha. Um, Nebraska and stayed overnight mm. and got up the next day and drove from Omaha into, into Denver and then beyond. But yeah, like any kind of long trip, you know, you start out with great enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like, you know, the kids were so excited to go see the mountains and we were excited to get yeah. away. 
And then we drove for like 30 minutes and somebody had to go to the bathroom and, you know, my, my hamstring was, you know, cramping up and like, it doesn't take very long. <laughs> no, you know, no, no, no. Okay. For, for this, things to start to go awry. Well, and I think that was the trip that we were literally, Noah was great. So he was a baby and he was great until like the last, I don't know, couple hour or two. Was, and he cried the that. whole time. Okay. Yes. That's, and that was the same trip that we were, we were having some car issues. We were doing great until we got to the mountains and our car would go up. The, would When we started going up the yeah, mountain, there was something wrong. I can't it remember. Was it was something a sensor. wrong. It was a sensor. And so then it would stall out and we, yeah, <laughs> oh that was we're, by God's grace. We're, and actually, we're honey, that's the, at the end of that trip, how we got to our condo was in a tow truck yep. with the car we, on the tow truck. We rolled into Lake oh, Dillon on the back of a flatbed tow truck. <laughs> well, our, if our that, car was up there. <laughs> if I that mean, isn't the picture of the uh, spiritual Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, my word. That's how we're going to roll into heaven. <laughs> a little beat up. And yeah, but it is, you know, again, making the, making the point is that you in the spiritual life and the Christian life as we're walking with God, you know, there's those different seasons. Sometimes we mm, start out yeah. with great enthusiasm and um, we're excited to, to get to know God and to learn his word and to serve him. And you don't get very far in the spiritual life and things start to break down. Um, mm-hmm. It gets challenging. It gets tiring. We run up against opposition. And that's really what we've been talking about, you know, in this series, the unstuck spiritual life is that, you know, being stuck, there can be some real legitimate, um, dangerous reasons to be stuck. Yeah. And yet at the same time, uh, being stuck can be a really good thing. It, mm-hmm. it can be an invitation from God to go deeper mm-hmm. and to learn and to grow and maybe experience healing and forgiveness. We talked about some of those things in the last episode. And so um, being stuck isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's an invitation for us to open our hearts and our minds mm-hmm. to more of God's grace and his love and his truth. And, um, you know, what we want to talk about today is just, you know, what has God up to, um, you know, in the spiritual life that, that there's these different stages that we experience mm-hmm. and, um, God is doing something, uh, in each of those stages. And it's, you know, maybe important for us just to kind of understand some basic characteristics of what each of those stages are. Yeah. And before we talk about those stages though, I think, you know, it's always helpful to have that end goal in mind, um, because I think we can get lost in the stages and we need to just, we need to see ultimately what is important. And obviously that's God. That's the ultimate goal is a friendship with him. It's, right. it's knowing how to walk with him, um, in an intimate way where it's not rigid and lifeless. Um, and so I think if we can keep that in mind, yeah. that helps along the way. Well, I think it's, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, I think, you know, we mentioned this in the last episode that, that we want to begin with what we were created for and mm, we were created right to know God. We, we, you know, bear the, the, um, the mark of his image we were made in the image of God, uh, so we might, you know, be able to be in a relationship with him. And he desires that relationship, mm-hmm. um, that God, the father and the son and the Holy spirit have existed in an eternal relationship. Um, and that we were created out of that loving relationship that has been theirs for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And so the reason we exist is because of God's love for us. And the reason we go on existing is because God, God's love sustains us. And we were made yeah, to know God, to be in a relationship with him. So, so when you think about growth or transformation or being changed like that, that kind of doesn't make sense if we don't start with that foundational truth that we were made to know God, to love him, to serve him, to glorify him in all that we do. So it's Mm -hmm. so important that we start there. And even as we think about being a student of Jesus, um, you know, you you think about what the new Testament says about Jesus, that, that he's the image of the invisible God. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, as we follow Jesus, as we become his disciple, as we orient our life around his, he shows us what it looks like to be the perfect image bearer of God. Right. And so to follow him, to become like him is to really 
um, you know, to grow into what we were originally created for mm-hmm. that, that relationship uh, with God. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so important that we start there. Okay, so I'm going to let you, honey, really kind of talk through these stages because I feel like you'll do a much better job, just being honest well, I don't here, know about that, honey, a much better job than me, um, just s- explaining them concisely just for the sake of time yeah. and for understanding. Well, I, I grew up, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I think for a lot of years, like I didn't even really understand that there were different stages Right. Of the no. spiritual life mm-hmm. or that that was a thing. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. people talked about that or wrote about that. Mm-hmm. And so that I think for me over the last couple of years has just really been eye opening um, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. understanding. Like I just thought, you know, you became a Christian and you tried not to sin and someday you died and you went to heaven. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't understand that, that, yeah, God takes us through different seasons or different stages and that each of those stages are marked by, you know, different characteristics that God is doing something new or mm-hmm. different in each of those. And so that was really new for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I would love to do is, is just sort of really briefly um, unpack some of those characteristics of, of the three stages we're going to talk about today. Now, mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past different stages of spiritual growth, and there are different ways that people talk about these different stages. We talked about a book in, in episode, or I'm sorry, not episode two, but season two yeah. called The Critical Journey, and, and they talk about different stages. Yep. And I know we got lots of feedback, you mm-hmm. know, from um, from those episodes that we did. And th- that's an excellent resource. We can link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way. But there's another way that, that is also, um, I think, a really common way of understanding the different stages of spiritual growth. And I'll mention um, another book that might be helpful. This book in particular um, is not exclusively on the different stages of the spiritual life, but it's just a great book on uh, the spiritual life and about virtue and vices. And I just read it. It was recommended to me not too terribly long ago. It's called Introduction to the Spiritual Life. Uh, And we'll link to that in our show notes. And there's some good descriptions in there as well. But let me just highlight three different stages of the spiritual life and give some characteristics. And hopefully this is helpful Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for us. But the first one, and again, these are different stages. They've been described in different ways throughout church history. Sometimes they're called the three paths or, you know, the three ways. Um, And so the three, and I'll just state them up front, is the purgative and then illuminative and then unitive. And so let me just kind of um, take each of those and explain them. So purgative comes from the word to purge. Mm. And so as we Mm -hmm. enter into that purgative stage, as the name would indicate, it's that that stage of the spiritual life where we're we're becoming more interested in purging our life of sin, hmm. um, yeah. growing again, growing in holiness, growing in righteousness, becomes more attractive to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about Galatians chapter two verse twenty, for example. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live by faith, I live in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul saying, "It's not my life." Um, that I live the life of Christ who lives in me and and I've been crucified with Christ. I'm I'm daily dying to myself, to my desires, Mm -hmm. to my wants. And I've been raised to new life through my Mm -hmm. faith and my baptism in Christ. And and so... We um, don't love our sin anymore. We don't love our sin. In in this stage. Yeah, yeah, there's a growing detachment Mm -hmm. uh, to sin. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more. You know, one analogy that I think is helpful, I, I know when we first bought our house, um, here in the Ann Arbor area, um, it didn't have a yard, you know, and, and so I was for a moment, do you remember when I was contemplating? Oh my word, honey. Yes, seeding I know. the yard and doing it myself. Yeah, you were going to re- catastrophic that would have been, been for terrible. our marriage and family and for me personally. It, you just don't realize the amount of work that goes into, <laughs> cause you have to flatten the, the ground and you have to take all the rocks out. Uh, 
I mean, I, I mow the grass <laughs> and I change light bulbs. That's about that's about the extent of my my manliness. Yeah, it's not like we have a huge yard we don't. either. For and so I don't think it, it, it's just you don't realize <laughs> how much work it would be to make sure the ground was flat and all the yeah. rocks were removed. That well, right and there. And, and so the the point of that is I remember as we were doing, I had a friend come over and he's in in turf management and and he was you know giving me some advice on it. And that was one of the first um, sort of tips he gave was you need to get the big rocks out of the yard first. And so mm. I started, you know, kind of going through the yard and, and pulling the big rocks out first. And that was the first goal was to get those large rocks out of the yard. And then you went back and you got the smaller ones. And so if that is a sort of a helpful illustration or analogy, mm. that, yeah. that's what the purgative life or the purgative stage is oftentimes marked by. It's really looking at, by God's grace, again, with the help of the Holy Spirit, those big rocks in in your life mm -hmm. and again asking god um, to take those out of your, your life um, this can be a really painful stage a really painful season mm -hmm. um, because you're you're purging your life of what um, really displeases god mm -hmm. um, what might be hurting your marriage or your family and so you become increasingly aware of just your own sin and there's just this new desire to purge your life of what displeases God. In fact, um, we oftentimes become sick of our own sin. You know, in this right, stage, we begin right. to become aware of just how significant. And so there's a real struggle that's going on. There's this temptation to kind of go back and forth hmm. to hate our sin, but then to love our sin. Hmm. And so that, that oftentimes is what the, the purgative stage looks like. And I want to just mention that, that as you go through these different stages, it's not like you just go through one and then you're done with it. Well, that's um, true. It's not a <laughs> linear model, if you will. And so just sort of keep that Right, in because mind. those little rocks are still probably hiding and you're still going back you Absolutely. Know, yep. all the time. And, and I, you don't I, necessarily graduate from one and then move on to the next. I mean, there, there is right. growth and progress, but but it's not as linear as it may sound. Yeah, and I think, you, you know, you mentioned that it can be really painful during this, you know, as you do, as you get rid of your sin, it can be painful, but it also can be very, very freeing. Um, because there's a weight that comes with rocks. Yep. Well, you know, before we move on to the illuminative stage, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 is a good example of, again, just that call to walk in holiness or righteousness. Paul, you know, writing again to the church in Corinth, says, Do you not know um, that in a race all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Mm -hmm. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, or in light of that, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike and blow uh, to my body um, and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, the point in this is Paul is saying, listen, you don't just accidentally become holy. Right. You don't just accidentally become righteous, that there really is this this training. You know, elsewhere, Paul will say, train yourself to be godly, mm -hmm. um, that there really is a, a work of God's grace in our life that, that we're responding to. Um, but we don't just accidentally become more and more like Jesus. It takes training. It mm -hmm. takes responding to God's grace. Um, but this first stage that, that writers throughout church history have, have talked about and experienced is really marked by this new desire to love God and to purge our life mm. of sin. And mm -hmm. we become more sick of our sin, and there's this battle going on. Oh, I love my sin. I can't live without it. Um, but at the same time, boy, I'm sick of it because I know <laughs> what it's done to me. I know what it's yeah. done to, the, to those around me. Mm -hmm. um, here's the second stage, the illuminative. And, and this just comes from that word um, to, to illumine. 
mm-hmm. to give understanding, greater understanding. And so we are still in need of purging in this stage. We, we love virtue. Um, we love holiness. We, we begin to see it as a blessing. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that first stage, you know, you're, you're kind of you're like, I know that this is the right thing to do. Um, mm. and I'm purging my life of those big rocks, but, but in the illuminative stage, now you're starting to just love righteousness. You're starting to, mm. to do what Jesus says, um, in Matthew five, when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. We're actually starting to hunger and thirst well, that's, for righteousness. You know, this is interesting because I think when you, when you are releasing and getting rid of your sin and you're feeling freedom from that, you begin to understand what a blessing holiness really is. And that's what's happening here. You have the greater understanding of why, why it makes a difference to walk in holiness when you get, when you start to release and get rid of some of that sin. Yep. You're exactly right. And, you know, I think in that stage, you know, we begin also just to experience greater detachment. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a word that, that maybe somebody who comes from a Catholic background will, will, you know, recognize where we become more detached from the things that we really valued before we become Mm -hmm. detached to, you know, people's opinions of us. Uh, we become detached from, you know, material possessions. They don't mean as much to us anymore. Um, you know, certain hobbies or, you know, not that those things are bad in and of themselves, Mm -hmm. but because God is becoming more and more of our treasure and because we're desiring him and we're being satisfied by him, uh, more and more those things of the world that we really maybe found our identity in or found satisfaction in, they kind of begin to lose their appeal. Mm -hmm. And so we become detached from them in greater ways. And so during the illuminative stage, um, that's what God is up to. Mm. He's setting us free. He's detaching us from our slavery to approval, mm. um, to possessions, to pleasure and all of the wrong things. And so the illuminative stage is oftentimes marked again by just a new desire to love God and, and to spend time with him in meditation and prayer in scripture reading. I love um, that. Hebrews chapter 12 verses one through three. I love this passage. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm. And so, again, that that idea of of really casting off anything that has ensnared us or entangled us so that we might experience that freedom Mm -hmm. that you were talking about, that's really meant to be a blessing to us. And then lastly, um, the, the unitive stage, and this, again, that, that comes from union with God. And we want to be really careful here. Um, we don't mean that we're becoming God. Um, right. That, that throughout <laughs> church history, uh, that's been a really important thing to, to distinguish. And so it's not that we become God, but we experience just greater intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And we enjoy an increasing growth in faith and hope and love. And here we begin to see that we, it's not that we just, that we, that we want to be righteous, but, but we love the righteous one. And what I mean by that mm, is that, that what happens in this stage is we just want to be with Jesus. We, mm-hmm. we just want to be with God. Um, and we enjoy being in his presence. And, and that's what we want more than anything. And even the pursuit of holiness, mm-hmm. even the pursuit of righteousness. Now, it's not even necessarily the pursuit of those things, but first and foremost, it's the pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what matters most. And, you know, I think about, you know, the classic biblical example, you know, the psalmist says this in Psalm 27, verse four, he says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I mean, we become more undivided. We just, we, we love God. We treasure him. Uh, we want to be with him. He becomes uh, our greatest prize, our greatest treasure. And so we just want to be with him. And one of the interesting things I think about this particular stage 
is that love is just what we do. Um, mm. We have to try less hard to love mm. people, mm-hmm. um, but but God's love has been formed in us um, mm-hmm. through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for example, titles don't matter as much. Uh, you know, even results don't matter as much. We, we just are content in being obedient to God and loving him and loving those around us. And, and there's something that, that happens um, in that stage mm-hmm. where we become undivided. Our life becomes more simple mm-hmm. and we just want to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's a really, really brief sort of um, description of those three stages. But I think it's really helpful for us just to kind of have that as a framework as we're continuing to walk with God and get to know him. And we experience different seasons of maybe feeling stuck mm-hmm. um, that this is one way of, of thinking about what God is up to in the spiritual life. These different mm-hmm. stages can help us understand where we're at, what's going on, and really what God is, is trying to do in our life. Yeah, and like you mentioned, it's it's not that we're done with one and we're on to the next, right? We're, we're going, we're experiencing um, things in each of these stages throughout our whole life. Right, absolutely. Um, like we're always going to be getting rid of the rocks, and we're always going to be having greater understanding. But there is a progression towards these right. in in. You know, and then once we're experiencing, we continue to experience all of them yep. um, ongoing. Um, I love that so much. I think that this is so, so powerful. And is, so is all of this that you were talking about today in that book, Introduction to the there's, Spiritual There's Life? some of it. Some yep. of it. What, what we just talked about today is kind of drawn from a variety of, of different mm-hmm. sources. But there's a, you know, a, a pretty short, at least at the beginning of that book, uh, description. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that's so um, helpful in that book that I mentioned is just them beginning to unpack, you know, what a virtuous life looks like. Mm. And and we talked a little bit about, again, like just what's working against the spiritual life. And, and I love that in that book, it really talks about some of the different temptations that, that we face. Mm. Um, yeah. And so there is a short description of what we just talked mm-hmm. about, but then there's a whole lot more in terms of just understanding like what we're up against as we're trying to to live this Christian mm-hmm. life and follow Jesus that, that, um, it doesn't happen in a vacuum, mm-hmm. uh, that we have real sin that, that still lives inside of us. We have a real enemy. Uh, we have real temptations that, that have, um, plagued uh, every follower of Jesus from the beginning of time. And so that could be a really, really helpful book for somebody to follow up and read if they're interested mm, in kind of going a little bit deeper than, than we did today. Yeah. And we'll make sure we put, um, obviously the, some of these, inf- some of this information in the show notes. So we want to wrap up with some practical takeaways now that we kind of have that framework and that understanding, um, how, what are, how can we walk away from here practically? Like, what do we actually do when we're feeling stuck? I, I think we mentioned this last time, but I would say the first thing, even though we just talked about understanding the different stages, um, is first of all, don't get obsessed with where you are. And so, mm. yeah, <laughs> so I'm I never had, getting out of stage um, one. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. And I remember, you know, I, I've shared before that you have a, a spiritual director, a friend who I've met with, you know, over the last couple of years. And I remember talking to him, you know, and, and I remember him, we were at his house one day and he pointed to his bookshelf and he said, you know, there's a lot of things that I could point you to, to read. But he said, I think God has you exactly where he wants you and mm. what he's teaching you is enough right now. Mm, <laughs> so I love that. I was a little frustrated. I'm like, come on, Tom, like yeah. I want to, I, I, I like tell to Tell me what to do next. Um, but his point right. was that, hey, just focus on what God is teaching you mm. right here and right now. Don't get obsessed whether you're in this stage or that stage mm-hmm. and what the next stage is. And his point was just focus on God and how the Holy Spirit's teaching you. And I thought that was really helpful. I think mm-hmm. the second thing is don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. I think when we think about um, the spiritual life and 
just even our own sin and where we're at and you know, our, our own appetite for God, it's really easy to get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And the enemy would love to condemn us. The enemy would really love to say, you're a fraud. You're not really a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were a Christian, you wouldn't still be struggling with this. And so we really, really need God's grace here to, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit louder than we hear the enemy. And so not to get discouraged and not mm-hmm. to give up, not to grow weary, um, because God is doing what, what he wants to do. And, and, and he's not in a rush with us, that God is mm-hmm. incredibly gentle and kind and patient and forgiving. And so don't get discouraged. Yeah. And I, I think those first two things that you mentioned are where we find ourselves so often, you know, being obsessed, like I'll never, cause you do always feel like you need to get to the next thing. Like right. this isn't good enough. I need to be better. Um, and I think really leaning into where you're at and letting God work there, that's a really powerful thought. And then of course, with, in the midst of all that, you can become discouraged because you feel like you're not getting anywhere. And, um, and then I think another practical takeaway is just, um, which we, we've already mentioned this, but there's not like this clean, like you're not going to start with the purgative move right. to the illuminative. Like, like again, this is a whole lifelong process. Yep. And we are in all of these stages all the time. And I think that's just really helpful to, to understand it that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, lastly, this is where we started. So it's a good place to end is just to remember that, that the focus isn't on necessarily our growth or it's to focus on God, you know, and to keep mm-hmm. our eyes on Jesus. And that's what mm-hmm. you know, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, who he's the author and perfecter of our faith. And so just remembering that, that, you know, it's just good to be with God. It's just good to walk mm-hmm. with him and to be with him. And he has promised that what he started in our life, he's going to bring it to completion. Yeah. And, and to remember that, that like, that's enough for us just to be content in focusing on, on that relationship with God. And he's going to do that work of growth and transformation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not to give up, not to grow discouraged, not to focus necessarily on what stage we're in but to keep our eyes on, on uh, who God is and his love for us. And that's the foundation. Mm, that's, that's like the perfect place to land. And that's so, so good. And we are just so grateful that you have joined us, friend. And if we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. I say this every week, but we're serious. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And also, don't forget, we will put everything that we talked about today in the show notes at rootlikefaith.com forward slash slash podcast. I'll make sure uh, I list that book there and anything else that we mentioned. Uh, Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. That's how we see it. We feel like we're a family. So we can't wait to get to know you. We will chat soon, and we hope you have the best week.